Brian McClanahan Show, episode 341. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to get you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You'll find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I will give you a free ebook and free audiobook of the same title, Forgotten Founders, the audiobook read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You get a free course when you do so, and you get the best deals on new courses and forthcoming courses. I've got another one coming up in a little over a week, so you're going to want to get that one. I mean, this is, it's going to be... Another awesome class. I just came out with one. This is part two that's coming up of this really awesome class. So you're going to want to get that. And of course, if you're a subscriber, you're going to get the best deal. You can also support the show while you're at brianmcclanahan.com. Click on that support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way. Help keep these lights on. Help keep the podcast going. You get your Brian McClanahan book plate. If you want my autograph on one of my books, just get a book plate. Uh, and I send it out to you. Buy it. Purchase it. I send it out to you. You got it on the book. My newest book, Southern Scribblings, is out. It's a great book, 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You're going to want to get that one, too. That's another way to support the show. You can also go to LearnTrue, T-R-U-E, History.com. You can get a subscription there. I teach there with Tom Woods, Brad Berzer, Kevin Goodsman, Jason Jewell, Bob Murphy, a whole lot of great instructors. So you're going to want to get in on that, too. You can also get your Brian McClanahan Show apparel if you click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. So there's lots of ways to support the show. And, of course, always share it on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. It is uh, imperative that we spread the message of thinking locally and acting locally, particularly with what we're looking at today. And that's the topic of the show. At least the pick is in, right? So we've got the next vice presidential nominee, Kamala Harris. Now, back on March 11th of this year, one listener pointed out, I predicted this. I actually said in that podcast that I thought Stacey Abrams would be the VP nominee because she seemed a more logical choice than Kamala Harris. But I also said that it's either going to be Abrams or someone like Kamala Harris. So I predicted this, what, several months ago, that Kamala Harris would be the VP. Now, that was before, of course, all of the rioting that's taken place over this summer. Stacey Abrams would have been the logical choice had the rioting not taken place. Because you see, Joe Biden has got real problems with all kinds of demographic groups in the Democrat Party. Joe Biden is a terrible candidate for president, and everyone knows it. They knew that he was a terrible candidate for president when they nominated him. See, at the point, at this point, though, it's almost like we're at Henry Clay, right? You see, back in, in 1844, that was Henry Clay's year because we were coming off a very unpopular president in John Tyler, even though I consider John Tyler to be the greatest president in American history. Uh, we had gotten rid of Martin Van Buren because Van Buren was an aristocrat, and so the Whigs were primed to just take things over in 1840, and then it all fell apart. 
So who do they turn to in 1844? Well, the old stalwart, the old Whig, the leader, at least one of the leaders of the Whig party, Henry Clay. This guy had run for president several times, and now it's going to be his year. And of course, the Democrats, or at least Clay believed the Democrats were going to nominate Martin Van Buren again. And that was going to work for them because, you see, Van Buren was so unpopular, Clay would win. Now, the only difference between this, of course, is Democrats nominated James K. Polk, who ran a very positive campaign and made several promises. Does this sound familiar? From 2016. Trump has got to start pushing this message. He doesn't have much time. But if he did it here, right at the end, now that he knows who he's running against in both cases, I think Trump could make major inroads and win this election still. I think it could be another 1948 where Harry Truman won at the last minute, right? I mean, Truman was so far down in the polls in 1948 and ended up winning again uh, and winning on his own at that point, I should say. And the, the Democrats maintained the White House. Trump could do the exact same thing because Joe Biden is a weak candidate. Dewey was a weak candidate in 1948. He, I mean, he wasn't a good candidate. Trump is the, I mean, uh, Biden is the guy, though, that he's been around forever. This guy just deserves to be president one time. The Democrats have done this now two elections in a row, first with Hillary Clinton, now with Joe Biden. And of course, in both cases, they're running on their attachment to Barack Obama. But what they miss is that among a substantial portion of the population, Barack Obama was not very popular. And there were people that were voting for Barack Obama simply because of his race. I mean, this is well known. People did this. If Barack Obama had been Joe Biden in, <laughs> in 2008, I'm not sure he wins. I'm not sure he wins. So Biden, as I said in March 11th, Biden was going to have to pick somebody to appeal to the far left element of his party. Now, as I've looked at the comments, you see, I'm not sure Kamala Harris would do that initially. Because Kamala Harris is, was chosen simply because they're trying to steal the issue of law and order from Donald Trump. Kamala Harris being the prosecutor from California, it's thought that she can run out there and, of course, champion her record on crime, which her own constituents just a couple of years ago said was highly problematic and they wouldn't vote for her. In fact, Sean King, who is the de facto, I guess, or even de jure leader of the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't, I don't know which one. I mean, if they have a legal apparatus structure or not. But he certainly is a spokesman for it. 2018, he comes out and says, I'm never voting. 99% certain I'm not voting, voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. When the pick is announced, I'm going to vote for Kamala Harris. This is great. We got a progressive in there. You see, in some ways, the anti-Trump sentiment is so strong, it doesn't matter who they picked. So Biden was chosen to be kind of this placeholder. And I mentioned this in March, the real, the real power is going to be behind Biden. That would be Kamala Harris. But Kamala Harris is going to be, again, problematic to the left. She is, and Tulsi Gabbard eviscerated her in the Democrat debate. She was the front runner. Tulsi Gabbard makes her statements against her, and all of a sudden, Kamala Harris is gone. Because her record is not going to fit with the progressive left at all when it comes to what they really want, which is what we've seen on display in cities across the United States. Now, Harris might pander. I mean, look, there's no one phonier 
and the Democrats other than Elizabeth Warren when it comes to the major nominees. Joe Biden is just Joe Biden. He's, bub- he's bumbling Joe Biden. He's always been that. He's always been Uncle Joe, uh, you know, tell a tall tale Joe. He's always been the bumbling idiot liar. I mean, he- he's always been that. And the Democrats used to call him out for this. This is why he never was the nominee until 2020, because you've got a bunch of idiots now running around that don't know anything about Democrat presidential politics and history. The Democrats didn't want Joe Biden all through the 80s, all through the 90s. And Joe Biden was the bumbling idiot. And as Kamala Harris pointed out, he was seen as someone who was too racist to be the Democrat nominee. Always, always too racist to be the Democrat nominee. So now the Washington Post has circled the wagon and said, no, 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 Kamala Harris didn't call him. I mean, yeah, the Washington Post, the the Democratic Party news organ in Washington, D.C., which it is. I mean, this is at least they should just call it that. They shouldn't call it the Washington Post. They should call it the Democrat Post and just be over, be done with it. Right. We all know what they are. They should just be done with it. They are the hacks for the Democrat Party. So Kamala Harris was chosen for that. But for this law and order. But I think this is going to backfire on the Democrats. I think they would have been better to pick Stacey Abrams and then bring Kamala Harris in as attorney general. You see, Kamala Harris is going to be dangerous should she be put in in a position of power. She is an authoritarian. She is an authoritarian. You saw it on display during the Kavanaugh proceedings. She doesn't really respect the Constitution in any way. She doesn't understand it. And she is going to be an authoritarian when it comes to dispensing quote-unquote justice. Now, as vice president, she can't really do much of anything there, but I'm sure Biden would put her in some ceremonial role to go out and oversee this or that. She'd have been better for the Democrats, perhaps, as attorney general, or maybe the idea is to get her out of the way so she can't be attorney general, and they'd pick somebody else, uh, because we know what the mess that Eric Holder made of a bunch of things. But, I mean, this is the idea. To have a candidate that can be law and order so that Trump can't say that The Democrats are in favor of rioting and looting. And it's interesting that there's warning shots about this where the Democrats are going to try to position themselves on this because Jesse Jackson came out uh, just a couple of days ago and said, all this rioting, looting, all this has got to stop. You see, the Democrats are going to start saying, this is where we really believe. These people aren't really for us. And that's going to be problematic for them. Are they going to then vote for the Democrats? Well, looking at the comments... As Trump, of course, put out a video blasting Biden's pick. And this was, I mean, this is a softball when it comes to race. Kamala Harris was on stage calling Joe Biden a racist, and yet he picks her. Uh, And the comments under that were, Trump's a racist. So, I mean, see, it doesn't really matter to these people. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter to the constituents in some ways about Kamala Harris's position or anything. The the anti-Trumpers are just going to vote against Trump. But what Trump is appealing to, though... What he should be appealing to is people in the middle. What he should be showing is that Kamala Harris might be a dangerous person to have in the executive branch. One other thing, one other observation about this. A couple of things I'm going to talk about. One observation. Biden, it shows you what we've gotten with the imperial presidency. Did Biden actually pick Harris or the Democrat National Committee pick Harris? You see, it used to be the constituents of the party selected who was going to be the vice president. But did the, we've gotten the imperial presidency now, so we have this fusion of the vice presidency and the presidency into one thing. This is exactly what the founders warned against. There were many that said, look, the vice president is the most dangerous position 
in Washington because you put the vice president in the Senate. Kamala Harris will then be the president of the Senate, at least technically. Now, she won't be the majority, well, unless the Democrats win, she won't be the majority leader. So the majority, of course, controls the parliamentary proceedings of the Senate. But regardless, she is going to be the president of the Senate. Now, if the Republicans hang on to that body, of course, they would pick the president pro tem. So Harris would only have a ceremonial tie-breaking role. But still, you have that person in the Senate, and the thought was that they would dictate and determine what the Senate would and would not do. Who's to say that if the Democrats win, there won't be some of that going on? You see, what they're banking on, the Democrats are banking on, is that they're going to run. You've got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was at death's door, and they do not want Trump to get another appointee on the Supreme Court. Because in their mind, that's going to make the, the court, you know, what, six to three? When in reality, it's not. John Roberts has shown that he's siding with the left more and more. And I think he's doing it because he, he wants to maintain this, quote unquote, independency of the court and show that the court is not tied to any particular party. This is what happens. I mean, Roberts, uh, this is what happens with the court all the time. Uh, this is why, again, this is kind of a think locally, act locally ish, uh, episode. Why should the court even matter? Why should the a vice presidential nominee even matter? It matters because we have executive national government. Now, one other argument that has been brought up to me in emails and other things, well, you should talk about how Kamala Harris is ineligible for president. If she's ineligible for, ineligible for president, she can't be eligible for vice president. Well, here's the problem with that argument. Number one, Kamala Harris was born in the United States. The argument against Obama, at least from Trump's position, was that Obama was not born in the United States. So he produces birth certificate saying he's born in Hawaii, so therefore the issue died down. Ted Cruz actually has less of a, of a claim to be a natural-born citizen than Kamala Harris because he was born in Canada, which of course Trump then ripped him against every single time he had the chance in the Republican debates. But here's the thing. Her parents were not citizens of the United States when she was born in 1964. So does that make her a natural-born citizen? You would have to argue in court. This would have to go to court where I think it would be a losing battle. You would have to argue in court that the natural-born citizen clause meant that her parents, at least one parent, had to be a citizen of the United States and she had to be born in the United States. Now, I think you could show that. The founders intended it to mean that. But, of course, the courts would then look at the 14th Amendment, they would look at other things, and it would be a losing proposition. Now, I can buy the argument if that's what we're really, if we're going to go by the definition of natural-born citizen at the time when the Constitution was adopted and what that meant, then yes, Kamala Harris would be ineligible for president right now. She would not be eligible. She is not a natural-born citizen under that definition. Her father is from Jamaica, her mother was from India. And she is born in the United States, but her, neither one of her parents were citizens of the U.S. when she was born in 1964. So she's not, by a traditional definition of natural born, a natural born citizen, but that would be a losing proposition in court. So that's, that's not even an issue. I don't think the Trump campaign would make any headway bringing that up. It just it wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, and it would be uh, kind of a... I mean, it would fall on deaf ears, right? But they can point out her inconsistencies, her phoniness. 
They can point out her record that would alienate her from the progressive left. She might be too mainstream for them. And if enough of those people sit home in this election, I think the Trump campaign is banking on if enough people sit home on the progressive left. This is where I said in March 11th, the Bernie bros were the key to the election. The far left is the key to the election. Are they going to show up and vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? You see, what they've got essentially is the SJW issue, the race war, which is going on, you know, a soft race war in America right now. Do they, do they have enough in Biden and Harris with picking a minority candidate for vice president? Do they have enough there to persuade people to go and vote for, for them? On the hard left. Now, Harris's father is a far-left economist. I mean, he is professor emeritus uh, of economics. He is on the far left. I think Harris does have some bona fides there with progressives. And again, this is where I said, you know, this is where Biden is going to have to go. See, Abrams would have been the more logical choice because Abrams would have been. I think the if, if Biden had picked Abrams, you're looking at a far-left, far-left, uh, candidate for vice president. And they would have been able to appeal, I think, to a larger block of progressive voters with Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris. But Harris, of course, is going to run on her participation in the Kavanaugh hearings. She's going to talk about uh, all the things that she did as senator to help advance civil rights and other things and interstate. And the, but I think this is a gift for the Trump campaign. Because they can, they can try to split the left off of Joe Biden. The question is, does he have enough time to do it? And the other thing that Trump needs to be doing is running a very positive message, like he did in 2016. See, in 2016, he had Pat Cadell telling him what he needed to do. Trump doesn't have that anymore because Pat Cadell is dead. And Pat Cadell was on point when he said, look, make America great again is a positive message. It's a positive message. And Americans wanted positivity after all the eight years of negativity with Obama. You see, Obama's administration was very negative. It wasn't a very positive administration in any way. It was negative. You had all the stuff. I mean, people get tired of all the things that are going on, the culture war. They get tired of it. They don't want to be bombarded with leftist politics at all times. They, they hate it. It's in many ways... Uh, you know, just something that wears people down. So Obama's eight years of negativity were buttressed with this campaign of Make America Great Again. Plus, you had a horrible candidate in Hillary Clinton. Biden's a little better candidate than Hillary Clinton because people just hated Hillary Clinton. Biden doesn't have, necess- doesn't have the same baggage that Clinton has. But on the other hand, he look, Biden is going to be problematic in that he's not going to be seen as coherent, He's going to, I think he's going to falter in the debates. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is what he's going to do. I mean, he is going to be uh, a, a real problem for the Democrats when it comes to his ability to show that he's able to be president of the United States. I think if the public sees that, they're going to they're gonna question Joe Biden's candidacy. Kamala Harris, again, is going to be much more vibrant. You look at all the things she said, you know, in Tulsi Gabbard pointed this. I'm not going to regurgitate what Tulsi Gabbard said about, you know, uh, Kamala Harris uh, putting away 
drug dealers, but then saying on, on radio that she, that she uh, smoked marijuana. I mean, nobody believed this when she said it. She's pandering. Uh, the videos of her dancing and other things. I mean, it's just embarrassing. The stuff of her is embarrassing. Uh, but she's always there at a photo op. Uh, there's a photo of her with uh, John Lewis at the Edmund Pettus Bridge where they are looking pretty solemn. But Kamala Harris, big cheesy grin on her face. Here I am with, look at me, I'm with John Lewis, so vote for me kind of thing. Uh, Lewis and others are looking solemn. There was a, you know, it's kind of uh, natural, solemn event at the Edmund Pettus Bridge where some definitely, I mean, nasty violence took place and Harris is there with a big cheesy grin on her face. So I don't know. I mean, this is going to be uh, a, an interesting next couple of months. I mean, we're at a point now, we're two months out, and uh, just about two months out. And um, it's, uh, well, I guess almost three months, but still, we're not that far off from this campaign, from the election, I should say. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. But I don't think that Harris was a wise choice. I think they would have been better with Stacey Abrams. I think Harris's baggage is going to be far too much. Abrams would have been a much more bona fide progressive candidate. And I think that the rallying around Harris right now, and the narrative is out. If you criticize Harris, you're, you're going to be called all kinds of names. You can't criticize her, just like you really couldn't criticize Obama because you were called. I mean, if you say anything bad about Obama, well, then you're just, you're just a racist, right? You can't criticize his policies. You can't do anything because... I mean, doing that is you're only doing it because you don't like his race. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, and saying the same thing about Harris, well, if you criticize her, then you don't like the fact that she's a minority woman. I mean, look, that has nothing, nothing to do with it at all uh, for people that criticize Harris. I think there's a lot of criticism to be leveled on Kamala Harris. From the left, too. I don't think that she's left-wing enough for some of the people out there who are going to think that she is uh, you know, too far on the right when it comes to prosecution. And, and again, the Trump administration should play that up. They should play this over and over again. These are your voters. The, your, your candidate would throw you in jail. Your vice presidential candidate, if she had her choice, would throw you in jail for doing what you're doing. So do you want that? You're going to vote for that person. Now, Trump wants to throw him in jail, too, but... Uh, but regardless, are they going to vote for the person that puts them in jail? Uh, that's going to be the big question. So one point I want to make is you hear it from me first. I think that this particular situation is ripe for Trump to win in a large majority in 2020. Do I think it, I think it's, it could happen that way if Trump's message goes the right way? It could also go far against Trump. But I think the polling data, as you're starting to see, Biden was up around 53%. He's down to 51%. Trump is holding steady at 41%. But I think there's a lot of people out there who are going to vote for Trump that won't say they're going to vote for Trump. They're just going to do it. And he's going to get a lot more than 41% of the vote. Biden's numbers are slipping already. And they're slipping because he says things that are, I mean, embarrassing for the Democrats. So I think those numbers are going to start coming down. I don't think Kamala Harris is going to push any push Joe Biden you know, much higher. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of a bump, I think, at first. But once people don't know about Kamala Harris, once the information gets out about her, I think people are going to start, you know, ah, I don't really like her. She's not a likable person. She's not a likable person. Neither is Elizabeth Warren. They're not likable people. 
They're stiff. They're awkward. The picture of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris slapping hands is one of the most awkward pictures I've ever seen in my life for a political picture. She's awkward. She's stiff. Joe Biden is at least likable. And again, Harris uh, is going to say some things that are going to irritate people. So on the left and the right. So I don't know if she's necessarily a good candidate, but it's all going to come down to what Trump does in the last, you know, less than 100 days now before the election. What he does and the message that he has and can he do well in these debates and show that America, the United States, is still on the right track. One thing, of course, that was hilarious, just a mere mention, when Trump said he's either going to accept the nomination from the White House or from Gettysburg and the CNN well, Trump's only doing that because he wants to appeal to Confederates. I mean, the South lost the Battle of Gettysburg, and Lincoln made the Gettysburg address at Gettysburg, which is what Trump is really going for there. He's going for that message. Uh, I don't get the criticism. But, I mean, this is how stupid the Democrats actually are, the people on the left, I should say. Uh, they, they, are, they are have lost touch with reality. So... Uh, that's my thought on Kamala Harris. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I think that this could be a major mistake for the Democrats moving forward uh, rather than a benefit to the campaign. I think people just generally don't like Kamala Harris. The majority of Americans, I would say, probably don't like Kamala Harris. And that's going to work against the Biden campaign. And they're probably not going to like Joe Biden when they get to see him at debate either. All right. I'll see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. 